Hello, church family. This is uh, Ezra, chapter 1, part 3. Uh, I hope that you're enjoying this as much as I am in terms of studying. Uh, just a way to kind of catch us up. You recall Ezra, chapter 1, begins uh, during Cyrus's uh, reign. Uh, king Cyrus is king in Persia, and God sovereignly worked uh, in all of history so that Cyrus would become king. And he came in a time where, uh, exactly where Jeremiah 25, verse 12 says, he will, uh, the Israelites will be gone for 70 years, and 70 years later, uh, someone will bring them back to the land. And Isaiah 44 tells us that um, 200 years even before Cyrus came to the picture, that it was going to be Cyrus. And we learned about how God uh, is, he knows the future of his people. He's sovereign, he's sovereignly in control of all things. And that should make us trust them more. Uh, that um, the Israelites were exiled for exactly amount of time, with an exact amount of time, and uh, for us, our sufferings has an expiration date as well. The moment the Lord sees it fit for us to go through the trial, the moment that the trial has runs its course, um, we would uh, it will be over. Uh, it'll, it won't end a day earlier or then later, and exactly when God wants it to. And I encourage all of us that during this time that we use the time that we have to, in, in this time of suffering to, to mature, to grow in Christ-likeness, uh, to not waste the suffering that we're in because, um, you know, to take advantage because these trials reveal to us what we need to work on. Um, and as we keep working on our sanctification, the Lord is, is already putting into place, uh, you know, uh, us doing more ministry, whether it's uh, kind of like stuff like this or... Um, or going back to church. And either way, uh, my hope is that we see how God is sovereign over the future and we need to be faithful with the trials that we're in. So that's the first point, that God knows the future of his people. Today we're going to look at how God works through his people. That God, in his sovereign plan, even in the strangest times, can still work through his people. Uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Every survivor, at whatever place he may live, let the men of that place support him with silver and gold, with gold, with goods and cattle, together with a free will offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And it's interesting that uh, Cyrus actually is one. So Ezra is recording all this, but Cyrus calls uh, the Jews survivors. Uh, there's a sense in which Cyrus understands how much the Jews were afflicted, um, whether he's because he's read through the history books or uh, some historian told him about it, he's aware that the Jews uh, went through a lot, and he calls those people survivors. And uh, Cyrus brought, brings them back, uh, and he knows um, because uh, he knows that Jerusalem and, and uh, belonged to the Jews, and he decided to to uh, let them back in. Um, he was uh, it was interesting about this decree. So he said, let, uh, at whatever place he may live, let the men of that place support him uh, with silver and gold. So there are people that, it's almost like they, there are people that can choose whether or not they want to stay in Babylon or go to or go to Jerusalem. Um, but Cyrus decree said, like, if you go, if, let's say there's like five families and uh, one of the families set to go, the four families should support the one that's going back. Uh, with gold and supplies and whatever they need. Um, again, he's not commanding these people to do this. He's just saying if you want to go back, then you should go. And if you and if one family decides to go, the remaining family should go and do all that they can to support them, uh, so, to support them on their journey back and to reestablish um, uh, Jerusalem. And uh, the Lord, you can see, is actually working through Cyrus 
you know, that Cyrus was a non-believer in sin, verse 1, that the Lord stirred up in the heart, in the spirit of, of Cyrus, and now he's working through the individual people. Uh, some of the people want to go back, others do not. So how did, how did the right people get back? We'll see verse 5. Then the heads of the father's household of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites arose, uh, even everyone whose spirit, whose spirit God has stirred to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. So the Lord works in the hearts of the individuals, and then the, the individuals uh, basically has, gets a desire to go back. He, the Lord works in the hearts of them, the people, and then they, they feel, okay, I want to go back. I want to do this. I want to be able to help and rebuild the temple. God chooses the ones that he wants to return, um, and how does he do it? He does it by stirring the hearts of the individuals. Um, the right people went back. There wasn't anyone that was missing. The exact uh, people that were that God want, wanted to be uh, in Jerusalem to fix everything went back. And God's sovereignty is shown through the way he works through our desires. Uh, as you grow your knowledge of who he is, the, the more you, uh, the more your desires will change and it will be aligned to the one that is the Lord. Uh, last year I preached a sermon, and you can look it up on our church archive. It's called Spiritual Gifts, and basically how do you know what your spiritual gifts is? And to summarize, it's, it's basically what do you want to do? What do you want to do in the church? Um, a lot of Christians' um, desires is what moves them towards ministry. Um, if you think about even the qualification of elders, the very first qualification is that you need to aspire to, you want to be um, an elder. And a lot of our ministry is the same way. Uh, not everyone should be doing the same ministry. Everyone um, should be doing ministry to some capacity because the Lord gifted individuals um, uh, to do the ministry in the church. And I think that's what's uh, so unique and, and what's cool about the, the body of Christ is that the Lord will, will, will work in the hearts of people to, to meet the needs of the church. When you're saved, you understand that the Lord, not only did he give you salvation, not only did he uh, rescue you, but he gave you certain talents. And certain talents that you have, I mean, you probably have some of these talents before you were saved, but now you can use these talents um, specifically uh, to build up the body, to, to encourage one another, to, to, to be a minister to those in the church. Um, and, and, uh, and God fills the ranks. God fills the ranks of those uh, in the church uh, by working through the hearts of the people. Um, one of the things I probably didn't say as much as I sh should say uh, is this, that if you are part of our church, you matter. All of you matter. You are all important to the church and in the church. Um, you all have sp uh, special gifts. You guys all have a certain amount of resources. There are things that you can contribute into the body of Christ. You want to use your gifts to serve those in the body. And as you uh, serve the body, the body will grow and mature. Um, that's what uh, everyone in our church has has a role, has an important role. And so uh, you just need to figure out what you want to do. Now, not everyone is going to do the same thing, right? Like, there's only certain positions we have as pastors, and there's uh, certain people uh, that we have for, like, uh, deacons and stuff like that, and elders. Uh, but as the Lord matures you um, in whatever f uh, ministry you're doing, um, you can you can still do a, a great amount of good for the body. As a pastor, uh, and one of the uh, two, one of the three pastors, our role is to teach God's word in hopes that the people can be equipped to do the ministry they're in. This is 
uh, Ephesians 4, uh, verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service through the building up of the body and to obtain the unity of, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the statue belongs to the fullness of Christ. So that, like, what, what that means is that our role as pastor is to, is our main responsibility is to teach God's word faithfully so that you understand what God's word has to say and in whatever context ministry you're in, you're supposed to apply it to that ministry. So if we, let's say, preach on patience, um, the person that's doing the, the um, ushers uh, uh, and, and they have to figure out how can I be more patient to those I, I help usher um, the, or the children minister. They think, okay, how do I, how do I minister to these little kids after hearing a message on, on patience? Um, and that's how, that's what's cool about the, the application of scripture. It can apply to every single one of us in whatever context we're in. We just need to think about how we can uh, apply it into the, in, in the ministry and the life that we're currently in. That's what he means by equipping the saints for ministry, that you, um, that you understand biblical principles and you apply it in whatever context you're in. Um, there's this running joke at our church that uh, Archie is the one who runs the church. And uh, and I think that's such a blessing to have Archie. Archie, if you're listening to this, we love you. Um, but Archie, if he was, if we were to use the body as like a physical, like a physical body as an illustration, Archie is like the nervous system. You know, he's a re- he, he's all over. He he does all the he helps with every single ministry, and without him, uh, we wouldn't be able to function the way that we do as a church. And we're so thankful that the Lord has equipped him uniquely for this task. Um, some of you are going to be. Uh, like uh, you're going to be the evangelist. You're like the feet. You're going to go to different places, and that's just the way the Lord uniquely equipped you. Some of you uh, like to do services with your hands. You 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 build things. You you make things for people. And you know, if you, we, I could go on and on with all the different ministries. All of us are part of one body of Christ, and all of us need one another. Uh, we all um, can uh, can can be a blessing to each other based on how the Lord uses us. I mean, even this whole pandemic thing, we've re- I realized how much, I mean, all of us, the elder board, realized how much, how thankful we are for our AV team. You know, they're just so good at what they do. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to have these podcasts or the Sunday messages and, you know, all of these different things because they were, they, they're just really gifted. PH wondered, he, PH is this thing where he said, like, oh man, when you listen to, when you look at all these other ones, we're like so, we're like perfect at our AV. We're so good at what we do. Uh, there's like no mistakes. And you, you know, the whole AV team, they are gifted individuals. They love what they do. The Lord has gifted them to be part of this ministry. And, and the same thing with every single ministry that we have, no matter if it's something public or private, the Lord knows. And the Lord has gifted you to do that ministry. So to so serve the church, even though we're in this limited capacity of being away from the physical building, you can still do whatever you can to minister to people. You just might have to be more creative, but that's okay, because as the old saying goes, necessity is the mother of, of invention. And for us in context of church, needs are the soils of ministry. You know, when you're pouring into each other, when you're just calling each other, these are all uh, ways in which the Lord is actually using you to bl- be a blessing to those in the church. Um, now, just a quick uh, note about our gifts. There should, you should understand that you should not be prideful of your gifts. You should not think that your gift is the, is the most important gift. No, all of our gifts is from the Lord, and we should use it to serve each other. Uh, don't have a high view of your own gifts just because you really are good at what you do or that you think that everyone else 
uh, um, you know, that everyone else should be doing what you do. No, that's that's a wrongful way of thinking. Not everyone is meant to do the same ministry that you're doing. Um, that's what's so cool about the body of Christ. All of us are different. All of us can be used differently. Um, and and, it's, and, it's, and on the flip side, uh, don't be envious of those that are, um, you know, in more open or public ministries. Uh, just because you might be doing like the folding chairs or, uh, um, you know, picking up garbage after someone else, that's still something that is a blessing to the body of Christ. And I know right now we might not be doing uh, those types of ministry where we meet in person, and we will soon. Um, and, you know, we, but we still want to be able to just do the ministries that we can, um, whether it's just calling or just emailing, texting, whatever, dropping off food. You know, you just have to be, you, you not just have to be more creative in order to uh, to just do the to use the gifts that the Lord has given us, um, so keep growing, keep serving. Even though we're away from each other, don't give up. You know, you're still important to the body of Christ. You're still important to God's kingdom. God fills the ranks and needs of the church by working in and through the hearts of His people, um, and that's and what a what a blessing it is for us to be able to be instruments of the Lord. First Peter four tells us. Of this first Peter four ten, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who's speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is uh, serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's what I hope for all of us today, that when you think about ministry, don't just think, oh, what am I going to do in the church building? No, you can still do ministry now, even though you're not uh, in the church building. I know some of you have a lot of ideas that you want to do. When, once we return, that's great. Save those for later. But for now, do whatever you can um, to minister to those that are in need now. Um, uh, you know, Call each other. Uh, find the Zoom meetings. Um, go to the park and just keep your social listening. I think the number is like 12, right? So just keep the 12 numbers uh, and just meet outside or in a backyard or something. You know, um, this is one way for you to, for those of you who have homes and have like a backyard, you, this is how you can serve the body. Just invite a few other people. Just make sure that everyone's keep their distance and it's good to go. You know, use all that you have to serve those in the body. And in doing so, you can glorify the Lord and honor him during this time. This is how God works through his people. He works through their desires. He gives them the means to fulfill the ministry that he calls us to do. So first, we see God knows the future of his people. Second, God works through his people, even during strange times. And tomorrow we'll look uh, at God's and how God provides for his people during during strange times. I hope this is helpful. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks.